This is Shopify Masters, the e-commerce marketing podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs. It's powered by Shopify, the easiest way to sell online, in person, and anywhere in between. To get an extended 30-day trial, visit shopify.com slash masters. Hey, entrepreneurs, my name is Felix, and I'm the host of the Shopify Masters podcast. Each week, we put out podcast interviews with successful e-commerce entrepreneurs or experts to give you inspiration, motivation, and actionable tips to increase your traffic and sales so your store can generate the sales you need to live the life you want. In the last episode, Noshat Ali from DrainStrain.com explained how he got into and sold out of products from 1,200 Home Depots. On today's episode, you'll hear from an internal Shopify employee on the latest Shopify integration into Amazon and how to take advantage of it. In this episode, you'll learn the difference between a reseller and a brand when you're selling on Amazon, how to kick off the sales machine on Amazon, and how to improve your ranking on Amazon's product listings. Today, I'm joined by Brandon Chu, product director from Shopify, who is currently leading the product team's focus on conversational commerce, sales channel integrations, and the app platform. Welcome, Brandon. Hey, Felix. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. So we want to get into uh, some of your direct Amazon uh, selling experience too in a bit. But before we get there, let's talk about um, the products that you guys are releasing over at Shopify. Tell us a little bit more about the things that you're uh, currently working on. Uh, sure. Yeah. So, you know, one of the, I, I kind of lead the group that manages like our platform products. So these are ways that we help Shopify merchants of all types extend their their products and get different functionality from partners that we work with or from other developers that build on our app ecosystem. So, uh, you know, a big component of that is actually sales channels themselves. So when Shopify merchants sell on Facebook or on Pinterest, they're actually selling through um, an integration that we build with those partners with Facebook and Pinterest, but on top of something we call channel platform. And, uh, you know, I, I manage that platform and work with the team to do that. So, uh, Amazon is really exciting because uh, we just launched uh, the ability to sell on Amazon through that that platform as well. So similar to other channels, uh, the whole idea is you as a Shopify merchant, you can take this one record of all your products inside of Shopify in your shop and you can start extending those products and your brand all outward to all these different sales channels. Uh, so we're adding Amazon and that's going to give you the ability to create listings with your Shopify products on Amazon. And then when orders come through Amazon, you'll be able to see them inside of Shopify and fulfill them the same way you do today. Cool. And what are some uh, things or some activities that you've seen store owners uh, do that are on Shopify with their own store and then also on a platform like Amazon? What, do you, what have you seen them doing more on a manual basis that this integration is going to help with? Uh, for sure. They... I mean, right off the bat, it's actually managing like two complete different lists of products and inventory and prices and all those things. So they're managing two systems. They're getting paid through two different systems, different sets of customer and customer support issues. Um, inventory management is is pretty difficult in, 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 um, when you have a lot of different systems that could be selling at the same time. Like you might actually only have one warehouse, but you could have live the ability to your for your product to be bought on Amazon and on your Shopify stores as well, uh, and you may not, you know, you may run at the risk of actually selling something that you don't have inventory for. So I think like outside of just being able to list your products on there, like the big benefit is is being able to continue to use Shopify as like the center to manage your business uh, and to keep all of that back office nitty gritty operational stuff as a an entrepreneur as a 
uh, someone in commerce uh, and keep it in one place. Uh, so there's a definitely like like all this nitty gritty work that we did to make it so that you know orders are syncing between the two. If the if a refund or request for a refund comes from Amazon's marketplace, you see that in Shopify, you can initiate the refund. All those types of things. Uh, so it's, it's just simplified for Shopify merchants and to make it so that they can again just stick with one system. Very cool. And are there things that um, maybe a lot of Shopify store owners will need to still need to do by going to Amazon directly when they have this integration set up, like the features that are still uh, t- to to come? Yeah, uh, there there are a few for sure. I think uh, and to come is the right word. Thank you for saying that. But <laughs> I. Uh, uh, there are things like sponsored ads in Amazon, like the ad products themselves, uh, seeing some reporting data around like ratings you're getting from customers on your selling account. Because uh, one of the nuances here is that unlike Shopify, where uh, a customer can come to your online store and they really feel like they're interacting directly with your brand, a customer that's buying through Amazon's marketplace, like I mean, we can all empathize because a lot of us buy on, uh, on Amazon. Like we're we're thinking we're buying through Amazon, or at least like Amazon's brand is very top of mind. So mm-hmm. uh, they go through Amazon to rate the sellers, to rate the products, and I think uh, a lot of that, the reporting behind that, and seeing how your product and brand is being perceived inside of Amazon's marketplace, that's something that you'll still need to go into what they call uh, seller central in Amazon in order to see. Very cool. So I think something that, is, uh, that a lot of store owners are could be curious about as well is that uh, because of the the crazy growth that Shopify has gone through, so many new merchants on coming onto the platform, so many new entrepreneurs coming on. Um, I think part of that growth is a lot of people are you know saying, oh, "I want these things. I want that. I want all these new features. I want uh, you know to pull the, the company in this direction because that it matches what their business is doing." Now, when it comes to the product development process at Shopify, when you guys sit down, obviously you don't have all the time in the world and all the resources in the world. You have to prioritize what the company should be working on. Talk to us a little bit about that process. Like, how do you guys? Decide, how did you guys decide to focus on Amazon as the next integration partner? It's a great question. I think, like you know, at, um, before we even dive into why we decided Amazon, I think that as a company, like our vision is really around making commerce better for everyone, uh, and we really take that to heart in in what we do every day. So I think. Uh, the conversation always starts about like how is this how is this work and this effort going to make lives better for our merchants and often most of the time that means how do we get them more sales <laughs> in mm-hmm. more places because sure. that's what most merchants care about and we we know that and we take that to heart. Uh, so you know we kind of use that as like the linchpin of discussing where it is that we should be investing uh, as a product development uh, company. Uh, so Amazon came up because you know we had sales channel platform. We did a lot of really cool things by going first to market with Facebook Shop and Pinterest, etc. Um, but there was still you know the clear market data point that tons and tons of gross merchandise volume in the commerce market at whole flows through marketplaces. And Amazon, if I remember the stat uh, from just this Black Friday, is doing like a third of all Black Friday sales are coming through Amazon's marketplace. Like that is something we cannot ignore in our responsibility to help our merchants do well. So with Amazon, uh, you know, it, it was very, very obvious that you know, we need to enable our merchants to sell there. They need to have uh, at least the ability to create a footprint in Amazon because they have tons of customers. They have over 250, I'm kind of, this is off the top of my head, but over 250 million customers, all with credit cards connected to their accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, tens of millions of customers are prime members. Uh, so they're people that like, they buy quite a lot. 
this is just like it was kind of a no-brainer, I think, in terms of, of us working with them. Gotcha. So now if someone wants to take advantage of this integration and and expand into Amazon, how should they prepare for a, a launch like that? Whether they be a big store or a small store, does it matter? Give us an idea of what, what customer what what uh, sorry merchants should prepare for it once they hit the the go button with integrating into Amazon. Yeah, it's uh, a great question. Um, I think right off the bat is uh, depending on your context as a merchant. Like if you are the sole brand owner of of whatever it is that you sell, uh, that's a that's, that's a very different situation than if you are someone that potentially is either reselling another person's brand or you are maybe licensing out your own brand for other people to sell. And I say that because um, one of the unique things about Amazon's marketplace is that multiple sellers can compete to sell a, list, a listing. So as an ex, uh, a, a, this is a very fundamental thing of Amazon, I think that all merchants should, should understand. So as an example, if I go and type cup on amazon.com and I see this, you know, this, let's say white mug, I'm assuming that's gonna be the top ranking. Mm -hmm. Any merchant in the world, any seller that has the right to sell that mug uh, can make an offer to sell that mug. So uh, it's, it's sort of hidden from us as consumers because when we go and click that mug, we see one price and it mm -hmm. says buy, na buy now. And that price may say like $6. Uh, what's fascinating is that if you look on the right-hand side of Amazon's website, you'll see it says also available from 20 other sellers. And when you click that, you start to see actually 20 different offers to a consumer to sell this mug. And that's, that's the unique thing about Amazon and about marketplaces generally that is something that could be new to a lot of Shopify merchants. You are, if you are selling something that other people can sell, then you may have to actually compete with them on a few different, uh, on a few different items. And, and um, you know, those items, a lot of it has to do with price. A lot of it has to do with whether you are selling your product through Amazon fulfillment, meaning that you show up as Amazon Prime. Uh, it could be your seller rating. These are all things that Amazon takes into consideration when it shows the customer a price. Um, when I, going back to that mug example, as a consumer, I see that $6. Amazon figured out that that $6 offer is the one that's the best for me. And they did that by comparing all the offers from the 20 different sellers and saying, you know, waiting price and shipping time and all those things I mentioned which is the best offer to actually present to this customer. Mm, makes sense. So if you are selling a product that is like that, that is going to fall into a product listing that has multiple sellers, can you still integrate uh, your Shopify store into Amazon? How does all that flow together if there are also multiple other sellers that are going to appear in that listing? Great question. So yes, you can. And, and the reason, uh, and in the flow of actually using the Amazon channel, we ask you as you add a product, that wants to get dis uh, listed on Amazon, we ask you, is this something you know that other people could be selling or is it your own brand that you own? And uh, if it's something that other people could be selling, it actually brings you to a flow where you can actually search Amazon live. And you can see Amazon, you can search for listings that could be similar to your product and you can actually make an offer. You can be another offer on one of those listings through through the, the Shopify integration. Uh, so that's like where I would search for, if I'm selling white cups, I would search white cups in, in the Shopify Amazon sales channel. And it would show me all like the top search results for, for white cups. And I would say like, oh, this is actually the cup that I'm selling, the same one that maybe 10 other people are selling. And I'd be able to make an offer on that. So I'd be able to set my own price for that. Uh, I'd be able to set my own inventory for that offer, et cetera, all under my seller account. 
That, that's a great point that, that you mentioned that there are other sellers. And I've seen it before where they would say there are other sellers for this product. And only time I ever really stumble into there is if it's not a Amazon Prime product that I really want it. And I go looking and kind of price shopping through all these other sellers. But I barely ever go into that page. So I think we'll kind of segue into your experience on Amazon now. When you are one of those uh, listings that are not, uh, I guess, uh, ranked high because you're not FBA, Amazon Prime, you don't have a good, great seller rating yet because maybe you're just getting started or your price is not super competitive. Yep. How do you even compete in, in a space like that when there are people that are much more entrenched than you selling this product? Absolutely. It's a very, very good question. And I'll, I'll be honest, for the for the most widely sold products, like if I went in there and tried to sell some generic looking USB stick uh, for like a gigabyte USB stick, like you're you're in a tough spot because it's going to be tough to compete. It's such a generic, uh, homogeneous product that there's probably hundreds of sellers doing it, and mm-hmm. your margin is going to be basically zero. So, uh, you know, I think that there's two different worlds of Amazon. And one, again, we haven't talked much about if you're the brand owner, but well, why don't we get to that later? Let's say still that you're competing against others. Um, there are things you can do to in- improve your chances, and I think that uh, one is like. Buying sponsored ads uh, is a good way to get some visibility to your listing. Uh, the second is that um, you should consider fulfilling some of your inventory through um, what they call FBA, which is uh, Amazon's fulfillment warehouse. And th- what that really entails is like, I'm going to make this offer on that mug. And what I'm going to do is instead of using my warehouse, I'm going to ship those mugs or at least a portion of my inventory to Amazon's warehouse. Um, you, the reason why you would want to do this is because when things sit in Amazon's warehouse, they have much more control over how they can actually get those products to the customers, right? So that's actually what is required to happen for you to have Prime and for you to be a Prime seller. And just like you mentioned, Felix, like when you look, if it's not an Amazon Prime one, then you know that's when you start to look through. Uh, Amazon Prime is a very, very influential item in the buying decision for a customer. And it's also a very important item in the in influencing your ranking in terms of if your offer is the one that's uh, shown relative to other sellers. Uh, so uh, definitely look into Amazon Prime as a way to, uh, or and fulfilling a portion of your inventory through Amazon as a way to sort of uh, jumpstart your rank. Gotcha. Other than, other than that, I think it's like a combination of the price that you offer. Can you offer a more aggressive price uh, than other sellers? And when you're just starting out, you may want to actually do that because it'll allow you to get more customers buying from you and then you get more seller ratings and better seller ratings can help you again rank up. So you may have to pay some short term, a short term price on margin in order for the long term kind of health of, of the business on Amazon. Yeah, that, that's a good point that, that you might want to sell at a discount early on so that you can kind of get this velocity, which I've, I've heard that Amazon takes into consideration, oh, making yeah. sure that yeah. you have a lot of sales when you first launch into it. Now, I think the question that people have in their head is like, how do I handle pricing now between my own site and the Amazon listing? If Amazon listing is going to be much cheaper or even a dollar or so cheaper than their own Shopify site with all the Amazon kind of prestige, like you're saying, it's a really highly regarded brand. The customer service is amazing. Maybe it's Amazon Prime. Maybe the product gets to the, the customer even faster through Amazon. How do you balance all of that when you have your own kind of your own Shopify store and you're launching to Amazon for the first time and you have to essentially, you know, price it differently? It's that's a very, very good question. And honestly, there's no like easy answer to that. Mm-hmm. I think like you have to accept that as a short term 
kind of uh, a short-term structural problem in your in your pricing until you can build up enough of like a seller reputation on Amazon to ensure that you can give the same price on both. Uh, the you know that that's kind of a very short-term game you may play just to to kind of give some velocity, like you mentioned. But absolutely, the perception of consumers um, and, and the price checking that they'll basically do through Google and Amazon uh, will will you know smart consumers will find that that arbitrage pretty quickly. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can also, you know, take as a data point that I don't remember the exact figure, but I think last year it crossed over 50% of all product purchases in North America. Uh, the consumer starts by searching on Amazon first, mm-hmm. like not, like not even Google anymore. Uh, so, you know, Amazon is, it's that, it's that trade-off, you know, it's that trade-off of tons of customers, but then tons of competition. And I think like the, uh, that's the game that I think a lot of merchants uh, still should play because just because there are so many customers there and because if you build up a good reputation on Amazon and you figure out how to find you know the right or to list the, the right products for Amazon because you don't need to list again your whole inventory right your your other stores your online store whatever channels they can have your whole brand's catalog and you can list a few items on Amazon only and those can be the ones that you know you you say that, okay, I'm going to sell them through marketplaces. Uh, so I think it's, it's about fine-tuning that and figuring out what of your product catalog makes sense for a marketplace like that. Mm. And because the seller profile holds so much uh, weight in in determining rankings, have you ever heard of, of uh, brands that are, I guess, renting a seller profile or, or selling their products through maybe a wholesale to someone that already has an established seller profile? Is that something that goes on? You know, I, I haven't personally heard of it, but I, without even knowing, I could say it, for sure it goes on. I mean, Amazon, there's just such a big opportunity in Amazon that someone's going to try to game the system. Mm-hmm. I think that especially over the last couple of years with product reviews as well, like fake ones, Amazon has been doing a pretty good job of figuring out how to clean that up and to actually punish sellers that go kind of like down the, the gray or black hat uh, route. I think, um, you know, I would, for the long-term benefits, stay clear of things like that as mm-hmm. something sustainable, uh, for sure, because you'll probably get caught. I, I, I've definitely seen a huge crackdown, even as a consumer, of just, like, takedowns of fake reviews all over the place. Um, yeah. And actually, speaking of reviews, I, think, uh, I didn't call it out specifically uh, around product reviews, but another big benefit of, so, you know, uh, the, going back to this white mug example, because it's the simplest, I could search for that white mug and I could see the listing on there, right? And I can make an offer on that just like other sellers. But I can actually choose if I want. You know what? I'm going to make another listing. I'm going to make another listing of a white mug. And there's going and because I'm making the listing and no one else has, I guess, knows that that listing exists, uh, I'm the only seller on it. So if anyone comes to that listing, they only see my offer. Now, you know, that's a decision that merchants can make. Uh, and that's actually what a, a brand owner needs to do because, of course, them being the only owners of that product, you know, none of their listings would exist on Amazon if they're just starting out. So uh, the trade-off, though, is this. When you make an offer on an existing listing, you're, you're already getting the value of that listing having product reviews, mm. of that listing getting sales velocity. Because the listing, when I do a search as a consumer for White Mug, they don't care who sold it, really. They actually just say like of all the people selling it, how many, how many thing, how many mugs were sold, and that's what Amazon uses as sales velocity to calculate if it should rank high. 
So you're, you're riding on the shoulders of all the other people that have been selling it and all the product reviews that have been given to it before you even joined Amazon. Yeah, and, and, and there's a, a benefit, but then also potential danger in that too, right? Because now you are also depending on them making sure that the customer service is great, the product is great. Otherwise, a bad review could also impact your, your, your own sales because people might associate those reviews with your, the products that you're selling, even though it's all underneath the same product listing, you're all different sellers and you might have different... Who, who knows manufacturers or definitely different customer service. Do you have to, I've never heard anyone talk about this, but like how much do you have to worry about that? You know, I, I have personally worried about that. So, I mean, I haven't told the story really about my own personal experiences, but like I, even before I joined Shopify as a, as a, a product manager, I, I, on the side was just doing some commerce businesses. So like, and I sold on Amazon. I've been saying, I still am. I'm selling on Amazon for like three years now. And I've definitely had, my own branded products. Like I sold like Google cardboard kits that I've, I've branded to different items. I've sold things like things like selfie sticks, uh, pretty like homogeneous goods. But like, uh, I've definitely had cases of other, like I will create the listing and I will do the work to get that listing ranked high and sales are coming in nicely, but then someone else jumps on to my listing and they start trying to sell my product. Now it's really, you know, that's, I think as a brand owner jumping into that sphere, you, you do have to monitor, you do have to monitor, uh, if, uh, other people trying to sell and represent your product as, as theirs. Um, and you have to go through a process to take them down. If, if you know, for sure, like in some cases I was literally the only person that could be selling it. So it's important like they're definitely selling a forgery. Um, you have to go through a process to do that. And, you know, uh, the, the process is filing a case with Amazon, uh, through the seller central portal I was mentioning and, and actually providing some evidence. So like I've had to do things like, uh, I've had people try to sell my Google cardboard kits or, or a different brand or generic version of it under my brand. And, uh, I've had to buy theirs in order to get evidence to show Amazon that theirs is different than mine and to get them to take it down. Um, so there's a bit of, just because Amazon's so big, there is a bit of diligence you need to do as a merchant on it to protect your own brand and to make sure that there's nothing kind of malicious happening. Gotcha. So one last question on this before we move on to the brand owner and their process yeah. for getting on, onto Amazon. So when you are going through the process of choosing that you are selling something that, that already exists on Amazon, how much does it need to, I guess, match the original product? Because me as a consumer, I've never run, run into such, and I buy a lot on Amazon, I've never run into a situation where I bought something and then it wasn't what it looked like, I guess, in the photos. Can you, how do you make sure that the, the cup that you are, oh, I'm sorry, the cup that you are selling is actually matched up well enough with the other cups that are already selling through that listing enough for you to, I guess, join their, join their listing? That is a great question. It's actually the opposite of kind of the scenario I just talked about where yeah. you could actually almost accidentally be selling the wrong product under a listing. So like you just, you kind of need to make sure. And there's a few different ways, like you can check for it. A, if it's like a brand, like uh, I don't even know cup brands, unfortunately, let's say the brand's called Corel or something. Uh, you know, is your brand, is it a, do you have a Corel mug? And is it the same dimensions? Uh, the dimensions for every product are listed on the listing. Like there's actually quite a lot of product details. So there's a, a few good, things you can use to really make sure it's the same. Uh, um, a, a definite one you can use is the UPC number. Uh, so if you have a UPC number, and especially products that lots of people sell, there's there's usually UPC numbers. That's like a surefire way to make sure that you're selling the right product. And you can actually search uh, for the listing by UPC number. 
um, so that you can go right to it if you want. Um, but absolutely it's, it's the, it's the onus is on the person making the offer to make sure that they're selling the right thing or else, you know, over the, over the long run, or maybe even the short term, you're going to get taken down and Amazon actually won't like that. Uh, you know, they, if you do it too many times, they could, they could freeze your, your seller account. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times on the podcast, I'll talk to mostly brand owners, not, not necessarily people that are selling uh, another brand, I guess re- reselling another brand's products. Uh, now, where I'm curious, like, where is the money to be made then if you are selling the same exact product and you are you know, competing for this uh, number one listing, uh, not, number one, not, not, not even number one listing, but number one listing in the number one listing, right? Because you, you're matched up with others. Where's the money to be made? Like, how do you make the money? Is it just from reducing your, your, your costs? Like, what, where, where where is the the margin? It's yeah, it's like the it's the Walmart situation. Like you got to go for volume. <laughs> mm. You got to ratchet up your volume, and you know if like, and I'll, I'll be like, if you're in the US or, or Amazon.com, and you're like the top ranking for like USB, you're selling like a serious amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. You're selling like I want to say tens to hundreds of millions of dollars worth of USB sticks. So you're not going to make a lot on each, but you're going to win on volume and that's going to allow you to get economies of scale and lower down your price with your suppliers. So I think that's the game for the people selling kind of like the, the, the resale products. Um, but uh, I think that, you know, in the long term, that is the game. Right. Okay. So let's talk about um, being a brand owner then when you want to set up this integration with Amazon through Shopify. What's that process like and how can a brand owner prepare for the integration? For sure. Um, the process is actually quite similar in terms of just like onboarding onto the channel. When you create a listing, you'll you'll say that you're a brand owner and uh, then we'll know kind of that you want to make a new listing, right? Uh, I think where what you need to set up is like... Um, you have to think backwards from how your listing is going to show up on Amazon and how people are going to actually find it. So right away, I can tell you if I add a new cup to the cups category, I don't even know if that's a real category. Uh, it's going to be like basically at the bottom and on amazon.com, the bottom means like page 11,000 of a search Mm -hmm. for cups. So you know, right away that, as you uh, add this new listing, no one's really just going to find it organically unless a couple of things. Um, either your brand has some, um, some strong consumer love and they may actually search for your brand, then your thing will pop up right away. The second is if your product is actually quite unique, uh, then you may not have a lot of competition. So when you're thinking about what to name, name your listing, what to write in the description, uh, you should actually do some searches on Amazon as a consumer for what you're thinking and see how much you're competing against in those areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fewer products that show up, uh, you know, you're probably competing against less people for that type of search query, uh, but it's something to keep top of mind. So always think backwards from, from what the customer is doing. Yeah, and the, the last thing I think is uh, there's a, a, a meta field sort of area for a, an Amazon listing called Keywords. And those are just like specific words that any consumer could type in in their search query that you'll rank higher for. Uh, so uh, those are some things to consider. So if I had a mug, I'd put in like mug as a keyword, white, uh, I don't know, desk or office or something like that. Uh, if like to, to kind of focus in and get a higher search rank. 
Now, one thing I've noticed recently is that I've seen this on maybe just two stores, but I wonder if it's a growing trend is that some stores will, some Shopify stores will list an option for people to go over to Amazon to buy their product. They'll make it prominent. They're not trying to hide the fact that they're selling on Amazon. And maybe some people are doing this, you know, to initially just to drive that, that, that velocity, that sales volume, to build up some reviews on Amazon so they can get that that channel um, automated essentially get get it going grease the grease the wheels uh, what are your thoughts on that like have you seen any other stores have you seen people doing this where they try to drive their traffic the typically the opposite direction that most people try yeah. to do which is amazon to shopify but now i'm starting to see a little bit of shopify to the amazon listing for sure i mean yes i've seen it and yeah i've even done it myself uh i think that it makes a lot of sense when you have a new listing out there you know amazon's a snowball you know, you start as a snowflake and every time you get another sale, you're increasing your probability of getting another sale. Mm-hmm. So you, as soon as that snowball starts to, to build up, like putting putting more on uh, momentum behind it is a really smart thing to do. Uh, you know, that's definitely, I think, what a lot of merchants, if you see that, that's that's, that's what they're, they're trying to get at. They're trying to increase their rank. And what's really amazing about Amazon is that like, you know, for any given search query, so for the, you know, one million mugs that show up when I type cup, about, I would say, 90% of those listings have never even had one sale. Mm. So as soon as you get one sale, you're going to jump 90% in rank. So, And as soon as you get the second sale, you're going to jump another 90% from where you last were. It's a very much like what they call like a power law, where the top listing for a given search query is probably going to get, you know, I'm making these numbers up, but like they're generally correct, like 30, 30 40% of all sales for that search query. The second listing is going to get 20%. The third mm. listing is going to get 2%. Like it actually drops off like a cliff. And after the first page, you're talking about sub, you know, 1% of sales go through on the second page. Um, so absolutely, like you should um, understand your how high your listing is ranking. And you can do that in, in Seller Central. You can actually see the sales rank. Um, and, and in the short term, when you first start a listing for brand owners, like definitely it makes sense to do that on your online store, push some people to Amazon, get your ranking going. Also, like just, and this is, Amazon loves this, but buy ads straight to your Amazon listing. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, I've heard this. I was going to say as an aside, but I've heard people doing this, especially when you are selling into markets that might not be, I guess, English speaking, if you have an English speaking site, because the Amazon you, you, like UX is just so familiar to people that they might not even need to be able to, understand, to read uh, the, your product listing. I'm not sure if Amazon does any kind of localization or not, but it just they're so familiar with it that if you try ads to Amazon listing directly, especially when you, you don't have localization or you don't have the translation on your site, I've heard of stores doing that a lot in um, you know generating sales now, so, now when you say drive the, the ads directly to the to their listing are you talking about just like facebook ads or google ads like any kind of uh, yeah. i guess off amazon platform yeah exactly that's exactly what i'm talking about so like it, it's a tough play because like you're also you're usually buying those ads and getting those clicks to go to your to your online store and uh or your other sales channels that you own and you know, you generally don't have to pay like a fee for a sale on those channels because you own them, right? Uh, so, you know, when you sell on Amazon, uh, we didn't actually talk about this, but depending on the category that you sell, Amazon's going to charge you a fee. And I mean, that's overall fair because they're bringing you a lot of customers, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, but now when you buy an ad from an external place, you're paying for that customer to acquire them to go see your listing on Amazon. Then you're paying Amazon again when the sale happens. And that's like, your margin's going to be very low on that on that flow. Uh, so again, it's a short-term kind of tactic. It's something you do to kind of get some steam and momentum behind your listing. 
And then you know what? Like one day you're just going to start to see it. You're going to start to see the, the organic sales. And um, that's sort of the power of Amazon. Uh, it's not going to happen across the board for every single product, but like the ones that do start to get velocity and get some good customer reviews, like you will see strong organic sales. And uh, yeah. yeah. And, and I bet that Amazon, they just know so much. They have so much data on the user's purchasing behaviors that I bet that the conversion rates on Amazon listings is just probably unmatched compared to, to the ones that you can create yourself, especially early on when you're maybe just testing out your products or just getting your store started. Um, so let's talk about uh, you know selling on Amazon. So like we were kind of alluding to you a few times now already. We talked a little bit off, off air about you having experience selling on Amazon. Tell us about that. How did you, you don't get into details about the products sure. you're selling or not, but uh, what was the process? Like, why did you get into selling on Amazon? How did you find the products to sell? That's yeah, great. Uh, so, I mean, I'll tell the story of the first product I sold on Amazon. So sure. the first product I sold on Amazon was actually selfie sticks. And this was like back in 2013-ish. Uh, when selfie sticks were a little bit more of a, a craze. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it all happened. I was in actually uh, South Korea with my wife, and I just saw everywhere, like everyone's having these freaking selfie sticks. Like it's kind of annoying, actually. Uh, and they're only like two bucks. Um, and I was like, I wonder if people will eventually use this like back home. That was just like the base of it. And I bought, I just bought like 20 of them when I was in Korea, and I just brought them back on the plane home. So the, and this is before, honestly, I hadn't sold anything online before any of this. So, uh, I brought them home and I, I listed them on like, um, Craigslist <laughs> and unbelievably, nice. unbelievably, I'm like getting, I'm getting emails like fast. I sold those 20 in like under a week. Uh, and I'm selling them for like $20 cause I guess it was rare here at the time. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. Like, like how can I ever scale this thing? And I just started researching around, and the real reason I chose Amazon was because I had learned that um, if you use FBA and, and get your products into Amazon's warehouse, you don't have to do anything. And, <laughs> and me, I mean, I have a full-time job. Like I'm a, I, I work in, in software and stuff like that, so like I can't do this full-time. So I needed to find a way to do that scalably. So I, I actually went on Amazon because I actually wanted to use their fulfillment service. Mm, mm-hmm. So I bought a, a, a small case of 100 selfie sticks and I found the supplier, you know, through Alibaba, just uh, messaging some some manufacturers in China, uh, got them really cheap. I just went through the process one time of sending them that inventory to Amazon. And uh, I mean, I could talk about that quickly, actually. So like to do that, you just basically go into your Amazon account. You say, I want to um, you have to create a listing first for that product. So that's what I created my first listing on Amazon. It was a selfie stick. And then I create a shipment to Amazon through Seller Central and I have to label all the, the selfie sticks. And then I just send it to any of their warehouses and they tell you which warehouse to sell, send it to. And it'll be somewhat uh, a warehouse that's pretty close to, uh, to, to where you're shipping from. Once, once you send it, uh, inventory just shows up on your listing and all of a sudden your listing shows as Amazon Prime. And, and that was kind of it for me. And honestly, like, despite everything I just said about, you know, how to kickstart when you start a new listing, I kind of struggled the first time because unbeknownst to me, like people really wanted selfie sticks in North America (laughs) And, and they were just searching for them. And like, there was such low competition that I sold those, I sold those hundred units in two days. Wow. And that is when like, 
I was like, wow, this is like really crazy. So then, okay, I just started ratcheting it up and ordering by the thousands, eventually the tens of thousands, and then uh, all in Amazon and they were just selling through, selling through. It was around like, it was approaching Black Friday and Christmas and like, wow, it's like, this is the craziest thing ever. Um, You know what? Long story short, that business didn't last forever because selfie sticks got really annoying and there was a huge kind of cultural push against them. <laughs> but, uh, but through that process, it was like Amazon is powerful. And I think that that's you know, the big takeaway from it. And after that, I did just I started just doing research, thinking about um, what different products I could sell. And then I was also doing the opposite where I was like, as, as the, some of the products that were doing well on Amazon, I was like, hey, I don't want to... I don't want to just be reliant on Amazon because if someone starts competing against me, you know, I can lose all my margin. And I can also, and I also, the other downside of Amazon is you actually have, um, you don't own the customer relationship. And this is really, really critical, I think, for a lot of Shopify merchants to understand. It's like, you'll know where to ship it. You'll know the name of the customer, but you won't even know their email address. Amazon obfuscates that. Because Amazon, you know, wants to maintain the the relationship with the customer. You can still talk with them, but it's through some kind of cryptic email system where there's like kind of hidden email addresses. And uh, you know, I realized that as my business on Amazon was scaling, and I actually did that's when I did the reverse and I started building Shopify stores for some of the the more successful branded products. And and this is all actually before joining Shopify, so it's pretty funny, but. Nice. Um, you know, that's that's kind of how the whole journey started. And, uh, you know, since then, it's been very much just play like playing the game of Amazon, finding some opportunities, realizing what's good and what's bad about it. And, uh, you know, the 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 highest level thing is like you just get a lot of demand, but you have to compete and you're going to have lower margin. Um, that That's the game. Yeah. Yeah. This leads me to to another question is uh, when you when you are launching a new product, how do you decide which one should be launched through Amazon versus your own store. Is there a better timing for launching Amazon versus your own store? Like, what do you, what kind of products or what kind of stage should you be at when you're trying to consider either your own store or through Amazon? Uh, that's a great question. I think I, I don't know if there's a timing aspect to it per se. I think it's all about. Um, what people search for on Amazon, I think like that, and that's always evolving and expanding, but like as a consumer, like Amazon crushes things like staple, like basics, staples, electronics, more like goods that are like a little bit more homogenous. The more customized your your product is, the more like also higher priced it is. Uh, Those types of things are harder to sell on Amazon because people don't actually associate Amazon with, with necessarily those types of products. So, um, you know, I'd make a distinction right there. Like what in my catalog is something that people are probably searching for every day on Amazon. And maybe I should get some representation there. And what's beautiful about that is you start to like actually get to expose your brand to more mainstream audiences and they may search for your brand after and link back to your store and now they see all this other awesome stuff that you're selling. Uh, so that's that's kind of how like I think about it. And um, I, I tend to keep more like higher priced, more uh, um, customized, lower inventory like uh, type items on my my fully owned like Shopify properties as opposed to Amazon. Mm, so kind of like a more uh, general gateway into your brand 
those kind of products you tend to put on Amazon and then the higher price, more customized and more branded products you have on your own site. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you mentioned earlier about how launching on Amazon is like a, a snowball, right? The more you can put behind it, the, the bigger and the faster it grows. So when you are launching a product that let's say a general product that you can put that makes sense to put on Amazon, how do you set up, you know, the biggest, I guess, uh, initial snowball? Great question. I, I do a lot of like, I've done um, pointing from my my online store or other properties to Amazon, like saying like, Hey, we now sell on Amazon, check it out. And it just goes to my, like the equivalent of my, like my merchant profile on Amazon that shows all my listings. Um, the second thing I do is I do buy ads outside of Amazon, outside of like on Facebook, on Google and point directly to my listing. That's the second thing I do. The third thing I actually do is, um, I use sponsored ads inside of Amazon. So one way you can actually kind of hijack the system, not hijack the system, but just like you basically use their ads the way they're intended is you can buy sponsored ads on Amazon. And what that does is that uh, for a given search that you would have shown up anyway, like you would have shown up, let's say on the 10,000th rank, it will, it will show you much higher. It'll show you like above the fold, maybe like the second or third uh, listing. And you pay for that. It's like, you know, pay-per-click, same idea, but like they have their own internal version of ads that, that you should also pay attention to because, um, a, I don't think lots of people are using them, uh, as much as they should, uh, because it's, it's kind of new. It's like less than maybe a year and a half old as, as a tool. Uh, so I think that there's still more benefit to gain in the short term from, from that. But like, those are basically the three things that I do. Um, if I ever have, you know, other conversations with customers that like, oh, is it going to ship to my area in time or et cetera? Like, you know, take advantage of Amazon and its fulfillment because uh, Amazon will fulfill seven days a week in a lot of countries in a lot of times. Whereas your other warehouse, you maybe not be able to fulfill on Sunday. So you could tell a customer that wants it that day. Hey, go buy it on my Amazon listing because they'll actually deliver it to you like today. Uh, which is pretty cool. So, you know, I think like leveraging the full stack of Amazon is pretty, uh, is pretty important. Now today, do you, do you brand the products that you sell on Amazon or do you sell, I guess, kind of a white labeled product uh, without a, without a brand? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I prefer to brand. Uh, I always feel like if you do an unbranded play, it's just opening the door for people to to compete against you. Uh, I mean, if you sell, like, I mean, say you're, importing a bunch of stuff from overseas and it's a pretty generic product like pay to put a little pay to put a logo on it build a brand around it because you know by doing that you'll have a defensible position with which to say when someone else tries to sell it that they're not the same mm-hmm. right and i think that that in the long term is what you need in order to make amazon a sustainable channel for yourself uh because you know as soon as people can start selling against you it's just a race to the bottom at some point uh, and I think that that is like the 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 real like reason why branding is is even if it's much harder up front to, to something that you need to do. And speaking of that, actually, um, Amazon does have a what they call it the brand registry. And what you do is it's a process like you do have to go back and forth and, 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 and go through an approval process. But you have to prove you own this brand that you do. And once they do that, you get special permission to, to list things under this brand and no one else can. And I think that that is actually so like you could programmatically enforced to do that. And it also means that um, 
the you know your ability to take down someone who's trying to sell something like like say they you know make a a bastardized version of your brand name to to try to get uh, similar keyword hits, uh, you can take them down with much more authority and much much quicker when you're brand registered. Uh, so that's something I definitely recommend people to do. It's no extra cost to it. I think it's just like a process to go through. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned uh, ads twice in, in the kind of list of three things that you would do to kick off a, a new listing, kick off a product. Now, when you uh, buy these, when you when you set up these ads, uh, not, not the sponsor ones, but ones that say on Facebook, for example, do you design them differently than, or do you have different messaging? Or copy or images when you are driving traffic to your own store versus an Amazon listing? Not really. No, I actually, um, and actually, we should talk a bit about that with the listing and, and the stuff in a second. But uh, not so much on the ads, like the external to Amazon ads. Actually, what's fascinating is that the click through is actually higher because the the link has a, just Amazon has such strong brand value, right? Like when consumers see an Amazon link in like the little URL snippet in the ad, they're actually more likely to click on it than if it says, you know, your domain, which is really interesting. Do you, do you know how much of a difference is made uh, just roughly for you? Yeah, for me, it was about a 20% lift. Wow, definitely, uh, definitely significant. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty significant for sure. I mean, I had to pay for it because I like those sales were mm-hmm. way lower margin, but uh, definitely like you can see the difference in that. Uh, something we didn't actually talk about is like Amazon actually has some fairly strict rules about how to present products. So the imagery that you put on on Amazon, uh, depending on your category, you'll have to you may need different imagery than you use on other channels. And I'll give an example: if you sell clothing on Amazon, it actually needs to be on a mannequin. Uh, and another thing is a photo of any product on Amazon has to have at least, uh, it has to have, um, a white border. Like Mm -hmm. it has to be, uh, they check for like the pixels in the top, uh, in the corners and along the edges and they have to have a white background basically. Uh, so there's like things like that because for Amazon, they want, you know, they need to create consumer consistency. And it's actually quite miraculous because when you do an Amazon search as a consumer, you'll look and they all actually kind of are presented the same way, Mm -hmm. these products. And like, that's amazing because all these sellers are uploading those those images themselves. So how the hell does that happen? And the way it happens is because they have really strict rules. And they, you know, it may not happen the day you list it, but they will take you down eventually if your if your photo is off of the rules. Um, they have some algorithms that do it, but then they also have humans that that check it too. <laughs> uh, so it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Very cool. Yeah, that that's interesting that that you mentioned because I never noticed it myself. It almost seems like I think you were saying earlier that Amazon is the seller behind all of this because they have so much consistency, they enforce so much consistency that it doesn't seem like there's you know hundreds of thousands of people that are behind the scenes uh, selling different things from different parts of the world. I think it's a it's an amazing operation that they got going on. For sure. um, now, when you when you run these the, the sponsored ads, uh, this is I haven't heard too of too many people using Amazon. Amazon's uh, sponsored ads. Can you give us an idea of the the cost? Like, is it comparable to buying on Facebook or through AdWords, or is it more expensive? Like, what what do you usually see? I've actually found it uh, comparable uh, at at the most. Like, I've actually found it cheaper in most in, in uh-huh. most cases. Uh, so, like, I was getting on some of the selfies. Thinking I was maybe in like twenty twenty five cents a click, wow. which is like insane for any product let alone, you know, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's, it, it was, it was, and I mean, that's constantly changing. And I think like, you know, it being a new product, there's probably a little golden era where it's a little bit, 
you know, cheaper and exploitable, mm-hmm. not exploitable, but just like higher margin for people. But um, it seems like it's, it's working thus far for sure. And do you keep these ads, uh, the, the, the um, external ads that are driving to a listing or the ones within Amazon, these sponsored ads, do you keep them running all the time or is it just at the beginning to build that initial traction? Oh, only at the beginning. I only do it at the beginning. I, I mean, to me, it's, it just doesn't work. Like the margin is just not there to do it other, like sustainably. And I think like, you know, part of the reason that Amazon deserves its fee is because it's supposed to bring you customers. Right. So that's, that's what it's supposed to do. So I try to like get to that state and then let it do what it's supposed to do. Mm. So you buy these kind of sponsored ads to kick off the, the, the organic sales, to kick off the, the, the velocity and then the reviews so that you can uh, move up in the rankings. Absolutely. And getting those reviews, like there's, there's other ways that Amazon has actually created tools for you to do it. Like you can work with uh, what they call like uh, verified reviewers on, on Amazon. So you can like send your product to uh, basically like a full-time Amazon product reviewer and they will, and their job is to objectively review your product and, and that'll get you an actual product rating. Uh, so I think like there's a lot of, of, there's a lot of stuff out there. Even if you just Google, it'll be like, tons of content out there about how to actually get more more ratings and stuff like that but it's something that people should should invest the time in cool now when you are designing the the actual product listing itself the product description the photos what tips do you have to offer there like if someone doesn't have you know a lot of time or is just learning how to put together listing for the first time where should they focus their attention maybe the top two things yeah i would say focus on keywords so it's not like you name a product on your on your own stores. Um, it's like where you know you care about you know the elegance of it or, or or how great of a of a phrase it is or whatnot. Like this is a keyword stuffing type of <laughs> of situation where you're just trying to create put in words that are going to rank well for people that are likely to buy your product. So like describe it. Like I would say that white that white mug. I would not name it white mug. I would name it like white white mug, uh, office mug, uh, circle handle, something, something, something like that. I, I would actually put that as like the, the name in the listing. And then mm-hmm. I would supplement that with other types of searchable criteria in the description. Uh, I mean, they should, you have to do it within reason. It should still describe the product and be a coherent like title and a coherent description. Uh, but definitely like the choice of words is is very important. And, and if you're just thinking about what it should be, just think back to what are people that you think should would love your product, what are they searching for uh, to get it in front of them? Uh, that That's kind of like the number one difference and pretty unique to marketplaces versus other kinds of storefronts. Mm, makes sense. And now when you, I want to take it to the beginning, then when you are thinking about launching a new product into Amazon, what kind of research are you doing? How do you validate that it's a product worth pursuing? Like, what is your process like? Yeah, um, I I will look, I'll, I'll use a few tools. I mean, I like, guess it's not that different demand-wise than I think every Shopify merchant looks for any type of product. It's like, you can use things like Google Trends and all these types of things, have some kind of awareness of like, just what's trending socially and stuff like that. But so like if those things are trending, like in the general populace, they will also be trending on Amazon. That's for sure. Uh, the other thing I do is, is like take a look at the competition. Like if you're interested in product area, like a notepad or something like that, like look at how many people are selling it and at what price points and, and just start to do research that way because it's as much a function about 
about finding products people look for as it about, is about finding how much competition there is already for those products. Um, and it's finding that sweet spot where it's like, you know what, given how many people want notepads, it doesn't seem like there's actually as many great sellers of notepads on Amazon as there should be, or there's not as much diversity in selection as there should be. So that's an opportunity for me. I think that's like, for me, like a spark of, I should dig deeper here. Uh, that's that's kind of like what I'm looking for. It's almost like um, to go to like an economics kind of metaphor. It's like a supply and demand imbalance is what you're kind of looking for. Now, what if you find the like the top listings, the top 10 uh, sellers on there and their listings or their descriptions have typos in them and it's just not well put together? Is that also, do you find that's an opportunity to come in and offer that, that, that better, I guess, uh, presentation and potentially better customer service? It's a great question. I've never had the instance where it's like the presentation wasn't, was actually meaningful. It was more like, are there crappy reviews? Like if I, if the top 10 listings are like three out of five stars, because there's no one that is actually serving a good product for this kind of search, that's an opportunity. But if there's like something with tons of typos and terrible imagery, but they're all like 5,000 five-star reviews, honestly, I don't think it matters. Mm. That's my, my personal perspective. I don't think it matters to consumers. They see the social proof from 5,000 people right. that this thing's awesome, they're going to buy it. Yeah, I, I rarely look at the product description. <laughs> I usually just jump right yeah. down to reviews. <laughs> And exactly. if someone in there says exactly what they use it for and is, is what I need it for, I'm going to buy without even caring about what else comes with this particular product. Um, now, when you, and you, for your process, now when you discover that there's an opportunity, do you go ahead and just uh, source a large inventory? Like, how do you get, can you get started slowly on Amazon? Because I've heard uh, where you, if you, you know, sell out on Amazon and let's say you are doing FBA and you sell out, that could have a huge impact on, on where oh, you're, you're ranking. I have lost as much as I've made in my side business. I've lost as much from being out of inventory mm. on Amazon. And, uh, it is, but then I've also, and I've also lost a bit from overstocking like too much. So I think like I, my personal approach is to take a small batch, uh, to put in some inventory into the FBA warehouse and see how that velocity starts to scale. And, you know, it's it's when I start sensing the snowball, when I start seeing that rank just it's just going up every single day. Uh, then I will. That's kind of what I'm looking for to make the the push to like do a big buy of inventory because like I remember being out of stock on the um, on the I think it was like the 13th of December, like just before people were buying stocking stuffers and everything, and it was just like it was a nightmare. Like I couldn't get. And I mean, I'm sourcing from China. It's like I couldn't get inventory until like February after. And I probably lost half the sales I could have made that year because of it. Uh, so it's a pretty like interesting risk game because with the scale of Amazon comes like this new sort of scale when it comes to inventory management and inventory risk. Uh, because since it's so important that you're on Amazon Prime to do really, really well, because, you know, as consumers, we look for prime products. Uh, that means you need to get your product into their warehouse and it needs to be there when people are buying. And that's like, that's hard for people to manage a separate warehouse. And especially if there's a long supply chain along the way. So um, it's something, it's something pretty, uh, pretty unique, I think, as well to Amazon that at least for a lot of smaller companies, it could be your first time, like, dealing with some serious inventory demands. Um, Amazon's a, a right place for that to happen. 
Mm. And when you do get your your products into Amazon's hands, into their warehouses, have you ever had to, I guess, do anything else other than that? Or your your focus then is just strictly on marketing and customer service? Is it, or do they really take care of everything and they don't even bother you for anything after that? Uh, I mean, for the most part, they're pretty good with just like they take the they take the the shipment and then they count it all up. I do a reconciliation to make sure that they counted up everything I've I've sent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other than that, though. You know, pretty hands off. The sale comes in; they automatically ship it. Uh, I actually don't even need to know that either. Uh, it's it's only when like uh, a, a bad review comes in or a return happens. Actually, even a return—that's the other beauty of FBA of the FBA warehouse. They'll handle all your returns for you too. Uh, if it's in an unsellable state, they will um, actually throw the product away and they will reimburse you for a fraction of the cost. Mm-hmm. It's not going to fully cover you, but it'll 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 make it a bit easier to stomach. Uh, and if it's in a sellable state, they'll just put it back in inventory for you. So like the time I've saved being able to do that is, is like almost like, uh, like infinitely invaluable for me because I, I couldn't even have done it anyway. So, um, yeah, they, I, I have quite enjoyed, I think their, that fulfillment experience. It's, it's been, it's been pretty strong. I think I had, I mean, I have had cases of lost boxes. I have had cases where, um, there, they have mis, uh, scanned something and my inventory showing up in the wrong area. And then it leads to the product that really is supposed to be there to be out of stock. And it's costing me sales and stuff like that. It happens. Um, but it hasn't happened so much that I think it's actually like something you need to worry about. Mm. So at the end of this kind of buying um, process for a consumer, we mentioned this a little bit earlier that you cannot email, you don't have the emails of the customer, you don't own the customer, but there is some messaging um, uh, available where you can send a message, but you don't have, you don't know what the email is. I've gotten tons of them, you know, from buying on Amazon. Do you do most uh, messaging uh, after the, the, the customer has made a purchase? Um, I, I do messaging when usually when a customer comes back with a question about how the product's used or something like that. Uh, I don't, like, here's the thing, like, you can't market to them, right? So, like, I can't, I can't take that huge customer list that I, that I've gotten or that, or sorry, that customer, uh, the, all the customers that have bought from me on Amazon, I can't actually, like, retarget them or, or do anything with that. So, it's very much reactive. All my, all my kind of communication with customers is just, like, if there's a problem, basically. And what you do have to do, though, because Amazon does monitor this, uh, to their credit, for, for consumers' purposes, uh, is uh, you need to respond in, like, under 24 hours. If you don't, you start to actually lose some seller rating. Mm. Um, so, like, I definitely stay on top of the email uh, that, that's associated with my account. I respond, uh, even just a response. You don't have to resolve it. You just need to respond. Uh, within 24 hours, and they literally show in Seller Central like co- customer uh, messages that are above and below that 24-hour threshold, uh, and they show it very, very clearly to you. And then they show you how much it has hurt your seller rating too. Mm, awesome! Thanks so much for your time, Brandon. So, where can merchants find out more about the the Amazon integration that, that Shopify is kicking off? Log into Shopify. Log into Shopify. Add the sale channel from the left sidebar, and you will see it. Uh, there's there's updated docs in our help page as well as there's a, a landing page on slash Amazon so you can check all those things out nice and can they uh, can listeners follow you anywhere online to to learn more about what go, what's going on over at Shopify uh, me personally yeah you personally yeah sure uh, I'm on let's see I'm on Twitter uh, so at uh, 
Brandon M. Chu, so B-R-A-N-D-O-N-M and then C-H-U. Uh, that's probably the best way. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely we'll follow along with you just to see, uh, maybe get some uh, sneak uh, updates on what's to come on, it, uh, on, on Shopify. Again, thanks so much for your time, Brandon. Thank you, Felix. Thanks for listening to Shopify Masters, the e-commerce marketing podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs. To start your store today, visit shopify.com slash masters to claim your extended 30-day free trial.